Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Look, normally I start these really excited, but I'm going to stop this. Today's not a happy day. Saquon Barkley. Saquon, you were supposed to be invincible, Saquon. How could you do this to us, Saquon? How could you do this to us, Saquon? All right. Oh, I thought you were just going to blast the next part. Nah, nah, nah. I'm so disappointed. I can't wake me up inside right now. Signed all Saquon owners. I don't want to wake me up inside. I'm a Saquon owner, just if you haven't haven't (laughs) noticed already, because there's only two options that's going to happen. I somehow ended up with zero Saquon shares in 11 leagues. How? Because I always ended up with... I never got a pick higher than three, so I always ended up with Kamara. (sighs) Man, it's it's no winning here. Anyway, welcome to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here... With the one and only Michael Petrop. You. And uh, before we get started, before we start crying over Saquon, although we already kind of had a little cry, uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Red Cup News. Follow at Red Cup on Instagram for all of your college football needs. Red Cup News online as well. Just Google that and give them a, give them a follow. They have the best college football website that's out there right now. None of this nonsense ESPN mumbo-jumbo where they only cover the top 25. We have some real, real stuff there, and we are their official fantasy source, so please yep. give them a look. Again, that's at Red Cup News on Instagram. And also, shout-out to Thrive Fantasy. Go to thrivefantasy.com or go to the Thrive Fantasy app and put in the uh, promo code BROTO, BROTO to get $10 on your first deposit of the $10 name. or more. You know and love. You like you like playing fantasy, right? You don't like going to FanDuel and having to go against these algorithms that put in two hundred lineups. Dude, I, I sent you and Jason a screenshot today of some dude. Winnings one point six million. I was like, damn, this dude killed it. And then I see entry fees six hundred seventy thousand. Yeah. I mean no one wants to be in that. I was like, right? Wow. Although I mean that's a good return for the, his dollar for that. But if you don't have six hundred and seventy thousand to spend, uh go to thrivefantasy.com. It's it's kind of it's kind of a, what, what would you say? It's props-based. Prop better. Right? That's how you say it. So props-based, you put in 10 props based on the, the weekend. Uh, they have point totals, and whoever has the most point totals wins some money. Uh, they have some great prizes. Personally, for me, I just played for the first time. I'm not a gambler. You know that. I'm not a gambler. The, the biggest thing I do in gambling is probably fantasy. So um, I did it for the first time, and I won 5 bucks on a $5 bet. Ayo. Doubled up my money. So... Uh, I'm going to continue doing that, and I'm going to hopefully continue doubling up my money, and then hopefully I'm going to pay for my kids' college tuition. Tim, but anyway, five bucks taking me off for dinner? Uh, what, you want the dollar menu or something? No, you won five bucks. You're a baller now. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm rich. Um, but yeah, let's get it started, man. Yo, Michael. Fuck, bro. Fuck. First of all, before we get into the news, I want to talk to you about um, your victory and your maybe premature victory because we want to. I want to let you guys know about stack corrections. So, Michael, go ahead. I just want to give you a little update on that. Well, I was losing by sixteen point nine two going into last night's game. He every point, every, every yard counts. Every people. yard counts. Every yard counts. I was dead in the water, and then Juju caught that seventy-nine yard touchdown, and it was glorious. Brought me right back into the game. He advanced McDonald only at one and a half, so I was chilling. It's like, all right, Brandon Cooks got me seventeen points. I'm watching the game. It's the fourth quarter. There's like eight minutes left. Brandon Cooks gets a handoff. 
I'm like, I need eight yards, and I win. He gets a handoff, and he runs for eight yards. That's now, his only touch in the fourth quarter, and I now lead by .08 points, <laughs> less than one yard. I got to tell you guys, so me and Michael, we watch football. Me, Michael, and all our brothers, we have some friends over. The, the friends vary from week to week, but it's always <laughs> Michael and, and I and Johnny, our other brother, are always here. Jason, every year except this one, he's up in Ithaca now. If you guys listen, you know that. Um, but we watch football every every Sunday together. And Michael was very dejected when I left the house. And then all of a sudden, I was taking my morning poop this morning. And I, you know, I checked my phone. That's where I checked my, my morning poop phone. And bam, Michael Michael is like sending all this shit talk into the fantasy chat. He's sending like the little Kermit T memes. That's right. But this is a good time to remind you guys about stack corrections. Because in the NFL, stack corrections go in on Wednesdays. And I have had people get wins taken away from them. Adjustments happen, people. So don't count your chickens before they hatch. I got to say, Wait though, for stack corrections. In this day and age, stack corrections happen way less. They're a lot more accurate than they were three or four years ago. That is very true. That is very true. But yeah, if I find out that I lost, I'm be very upset. But because when two you're and up- one and one and two is a big difference. With yeah. bye weeks coming in now, too. Yes, it is a big difference. And not for nothing, Michael, one one yard, though? One yard. <laughs> like you're up by less than a yard. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts. So, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, if I lose one yard stat correction, maybe he loses one yard stat correction. Or maybe he gains one. There's a lot that could happen. I know. Um, speaking about a lot that could happen, let's get into the headlines. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Gotta love Donnie H. As always, thank you there, Donnie H, uh, for the headlines. Uh, Let's start with the big headline, Uh, the big news of the week. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley goes down with a high ankle sprain. And guys, when you see someone get their ankle injured, the first thing you should do is pray, please no high ankle sprain. Please no high ankle sprain, because that is the kiss of death. And unfortunately, of course, the high ankle sprain happens. Of the year that I pick Saquon Barkley in the most important league to me, my home league, the one where I talk the most caca on them, one that we we, we never let each other hear the hear the end of it. Actually, this, it was pretty cool yeah. in our home league. All the underdog seeds won this week, except for one. except for one, including a player who did not win at all last year. Yep. And pulled a straight Browns and won in week three against Jason. Yep, John, of all people, Jason. John Zelvez, we've shouted him out a couple times because of, uh, for our own amusement, since he hasn't won since uh, 2017. 2017, yeah. 17 losses in a row, and he finally pulls one out. He finally pulls one he out. He had Mike Evans, David Johnson. He had a very solid day. Talking about pulling one out, someone's going to have to pull something out of somewhere in order to get make up for a Saquon Barkley loss. Michael, um look, what did, what are the fans fantasy rep- repercussions of this? Look, obviously Wayne Gallman is going to be the hot pickup. Everyone's going to go after Wayne Gallman this week. I'm not going to talk about Fab just yet. That's for the episode tomorrow. Yes. The waiver episode become a patron and you get that episode, folks. Broto.com, patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Right now on Yahoo, Wayne Gallman has already been added in 29,000 leagues. Yeah, but which I'm, Which begs the question, why are there 29,000 leagues without waivers? I'm hesitant here about Wayne Gallman, man. We've seen him get a role before, and he always uh, he always underperforms. Like, we're, we're not talking about this. That, yes, Daniel Jones looked great. That's something we have to talk about, too. That dude looked like an absolute animal. But we've seen Wayne Gallman get carries before, and... 
he it's always super mediocre. I think he's going to be very touchdown dependent, kind of like a Sony Michelle type. But the thing is with Wayne Gallman, all they really have on that team besides him is like a fullback. Right. So he's going to be getting a lot of touches. Elijah Penny. So Elijah Penny, but yeah, but he's more of a fullback running back hybrid now. So it's like, am I super excited about Wayne Gallman? No, but can he be like a like Frank Gore esque? How Frank Gore is putting up like low double digits basically every week just because he's the guy there. I can see that from Wayne Gallman, but I'm not expecting him to take Saquon Barkley's role and end up being like a a running back one or a high end RB two. Last year, Wayne Gallman had over four, had over ten touches, had over six touches one time, and he went fourteen for thirty eight on the ground. Yeah, I mean, he's so just, I, I mean. It, it was underwhelming. He's I'm very pl- mediocre, but it, it also the Giants' offensive line has been very solid to start the season too, which helps. They have, and he's he's ran behind a suspect offensive line. Uh, last uh, two years ago was when he got most of his work. Um, Fifteen for eighty nine in one game, uh, twelve for fifty nine, um, nine for thirty seven, eleven for fifty seven. So it's not as though he hasn't had some success, right? He's. Is, I mean, success is to put it mildly, but this is a coaching. This is a coaching staff that has shown faith in Wayne Gallman. They've had backup running backs come through there before. Paul Perkins. They they resigned uh, Jacobs a couple years ago. They have they've had backup. Elijah Penny is there. They've had backup running backs come through the system. I think I think they signed um, the guy that used to be on the Jets and the Seahawks, um, the little bruiser at one point. Chats and Seahawks. Yeah, the little bruiser. Remember that? I can't remember his name. He won me a fantasy. He helped me win a fantasy championship one year, and I can't remember his name. But I mean, they've had guys, and and they they put their trust in Wayne Gallman. Look, if you're a Saquon owner, I think there's not much choice but to get Wayne Gallman. I mean, if you if you drafted a lot of running backs, you might not need to. Like maybe you drafted like a in the second round and third round, and even the fourth round. Some people started four running backs, depending on how many players you could start. Then maybe you don't need Wayne Gallman, but a lot of Saquon Barkley owners definitely started Saquon Barkley, then went wide receiver heavy because they had the stud running back. So it definitely is going to be very painful for some owners. So they might have to empty the bank on Wayne Gallman. I just I wouldn't want to, but if you need to, it's, it's understandable. I, I think this has a great impact on the guys around him. Uh, one guy that we're going to be talking about on the waiver wire show is definitely Golden Tate. Um, I think Evan Ingram gets a step up in this situation. I think Evan Ingram is the biggest winner, actually, in this whole situation because now a lot of things are going to open up for him. I think Golden Tate, even Sterling Shepard, sees some uptick here. I think even Daniel Jones gets more just straight-up QB draw attempts. Yeah, so you're taking away a big piece of an offense, and if, you know— the Giants are in another plus matchup next week, so when you think about that, you want your Giants. It's going to be an interesting tune in. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash brotofantasy. For only $3, you get an extra episode every week. You get the, the waiver wire episode where we don't only tell you who our waiver guys are, but how much you should spend on them in fab, if you should spend your number one waiver priority on them, if you don't have fab. By the way, if you don't have fab, get fab. It's the way to go. It is, yeah. Um, strategies and things of that sort it's it's better because you shouldn't be out on someone just because you picked up someone last week yeah. that's, that's a very or because it's you're archaic. In, it's archaic you're an eighth and not tenth right or if you're you're an eighth or not tenth so or some some people have the last place team every week that's every the week worst. yo 
I would bench my entire team week one. <laughs> oh, like I would consider it honestly, just to get the best, just to get the best waiver wire pickup, and then pick up someone on the waiver wire that's just definitely going to be there. But let's continue talking about the news. T. Y. Hilton goes out with a with a, a quad, quad strain. That you was know, what he was he was stretching out before the game. He was a questionable game time decision. He plays and he ends up tweaking it. No new news on whether he's going to miss, but quad injuries are always shout tough. out to T. Y. Though the drive where he scored the touchdown, that was his last drive. He hurt his quad earlier in that drive, and he felt it, but he knew once he came out, he wasn't coming back in, so he just stayed on the field and didn't say anything. I and mean, then he scored out, a touchdown. Shout out to T.Y., but also, like, maybe he's an idiot at the same time. Eh. What do you mean, eh? What if he What if he ends up missing a lot of time? I'll be fucking pissed. I mean, I have T.Y. and Sa- Saquon in my home league. It's ridiculous. Yeah, maybe, maybe we get a mix-up a trade here, Tim. Yeah, well, you're going to try and... You're gonna try and take advantage of me in my my depressed state. <laughs> I know you. You're a predator. You're a fantasy predator. I'm a fair man. Uh, let's talk about something other than an injury for right now because we're gonna get back to injuries. The Daniel Jones era begins. Holy moly! Daniel Jones brings the Giants back. Four TDs, two rushing, two throwing. Uh, is this for real, Michael? Do you think he upgrades the Giants' offense? Dude, Eli Manning has never come back from 18 or more points down, and Daniel Jones did it in his first ever start. That shit lit up. Now look, our Instagram, by the way. At yeah. Brodo Wrap Up. This dude was absolutely unreal. I mean, 330 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 28 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. It was also <clears throat> a great game script for him to come back from, though. Facts. Like, they're not going to be down by 18 points heading to the second half, and they're not going to be playing a Tampa Bay secondary that can allow an 18-point comeback every single week. To be fair to him, though, Todd Bowles did have that secondary playing all right. But I did, I did say whenever there were obviously some analysts who were questioning whether Daniel Jones should have been put in the, into this situation, and I said, why wouldn't you start your rookie quarterback against Tampa Bay, where Jameis Winston's going to turn the ball over, you're going to have good field position, and then you're just going to be able to throw it on Tampa Bay secondary. And now everyone loves Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, this is another reason why this was so ridiculously great, because everyone hated the pick so much. And now Daniel Jones is just showing everyone, just saying suck it to literally everybody. He's and got, it's, it's the Chris Tapps Porzingis effect, right? Where all of a sudden Chris Tapps Porzingis is everyone's favorite player because yeah. everyone hated him when he yeah. first came out. And like, you know, we, we're not, we don't act like we're college scouts. Like we know we don't scout these players, but there's so many like people on Twitter who act like they're college scouts who, who are just mocking this pick so much. And I'm, I'm just happy for Daniel Jones. And the Giants look like a completely different offense. They do. So I think, can he keep up this top five wide receiver play? Uh, excuse me, QB play? No. That would be a very hard thing to do. And if he does, Jesus. Can he be in the low-end conver- low QB1 conversation? This dude has the worst defense in the league. They're going to be giving up over 30 points almost every game. So if he's going to be passing over 35, 40 times and using his legs every game... He could end up being a low-end QB1 at the end of the year. Wow, that's crazy. Shout-out to Jason, who graded Daniel Jones higher than Derek Carr in his preseason fantasy QB rankings. <laughs> and we were making fun of him, and Daniel Jones is 100% going to end higher than Derek Carr in the final rankings. And he has he has Washington coming up. He has a tough stretch after that, Minnesota, New England. But if you go forward, I mean, it's going to be – I feel like – Look, it, it's a it's a little bit of a tough schedule coming up for him, right? You got Washington, Min- Washington, which is an easy matchup. Don't get me wrong. Then Minnesota, and then 
Minnesota and New England's really hard. Then Arizona, who can't stop a nosebleed, right? And run the most plays. That's going to be a fun. But then Detroit and Dallas after that. The Jets, who, for all their flaws, do have a good defense. The defense isn't playing well. I mean, they, they put up a lot of fancy points last week. Uh, they're and they're gonna probably have Mosley back by then, and they'll have Tremaine Ronald Johnson, right? All that. Um, Green Bay, who's a, and then they got Chicago and Green Bay after the bye, who are much improved. Philadelphia, whose pass defense looks bad right now, um, and then Miami and Washington. So 14, 15, 16, Philadelphia at Philadelphia at home against Miami and at Washington. Is there a chance in Daniel the, Jones league winner? Hey, Sam Darnold was a league winner for some last year. He was. So yeah. you saw that happen. So it could happen, man. Yeah. It could happen. I mean, if you if you're in a league where two QBs are always held, then going after Daniel Jones is probably recommended. Or if you're in a superflex league, you should get him if right you're away. In a superflex league. Well, he's probably owned in a superflex league already. Yeah. But yeah, if he is, then go get him. In one QB leagues where most play or most teams roster one QB, he should be streamable. But I mean, I'm I'm probably gonna put in a few claims for Daniel Jones. Let's go on. Julian Edelman chest injury. X-rays were negative, so he looks like he may play. Um, Again, a guy that you're definitely going to hear on the waiver wire show tomorrow probably is Philip Dorsett. Yeah, we were saying to pick up Dorsett last week. Yeah, so uh, shout out, look out for that. Uh, Shady, another another Shady. T- he's kind of a Ty clone in the sense where he was a game time decision. He decides to go, and then he tweaks the injury that made him not go. Shady has had an injury history in the past, so it is something to monitor. Um, but yes. If he plays, you got to play him. I think that's that was made clear last week. Yeah. Um, and then Jordan Reed. Oh man, some people in the organization think Jordan Reed is going to never play again. It's sad, but I don't see when he's going to suit up. I mean, this how many concussions has this dude had? Nine. It's too Unreal. Many. It's too yeah. many. Like I, I, I could see in twenty years us getting it, and I hope this. Yo, know, I'm not. I, I'm not making light of this. I just want you guys to know. I can see in 20 years us getting a story about Jordan Reed doing some crazy shit, you know, and I hope it doesn't happen. I hope he does. But, yo, you at, at, there's a certain point you've made your money, bro. Like, you got to look out for you. You got to look out for your, your health. You got to look out for your long-term health. And, you know, maybe it's time to call it quits, man. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. That's his decision. Kyle Shanahan said Tevin Coleman might practice next week, making that San Francisco 49ers Annoying-ass backfield, Ooh. even more annoying. But I'll tell you what, I have Tevin Coleman in my home league, and I am doing jumping jacks in my head right now hearing this news. But I'm, I mean, whose role does he take? I mean, Matt Breed is like the 1A. Mostert's the 1B. Jeffrey Wilson's the goal line guy. Like, does Jeffrey Wilson lose his goal line work when Tevin Coleman comes back? I don't know if that happens. Does Matt Breed lose his work? I mean, this guy's... Getting like over five yards every carry when he touches the ball. Raheem Mostert, he lost a fumble last week, but I mean he's running super hard. I don't who who spot the seven Coleman take. I wouldn't even be surprised if all three of them get like twelve carries each game. That'd be crazy. And then Jeffrey Wilson gets the goal line work because that that's the one of the most strange three and teams I've ever seen in my life. They are just squeaking out, not even squeaking out wins. They're just winning just by like running the ball. Like Jimmy yeah. G has not really looked good. George Kittle hasn't really even played like a huge role in the offense. They're just running the ball, and it seems every time they hand it off, they're getting huge chunks. Uh, the, you know, guys, Roto World is is sometimes ruthless as fuck. Michael Crabtree, not really super he relevant. He was cut, but the way that they do it, end of an era, Cardinals cut Michael Crabtree. <laughs> Yo, that's ruthless, bro. 
Like, why you got to be like that? Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is limited, but back at practice on Monday. Um, Josh Jacobs. Look, I, I want to talk about Josh Jacobs because I think he's a, a big a, a big buy low candidate right now after a bad game. He lost 10 pounds because he was sick. We talked about that on the show. So, you know, he yeah, he didn't convert some fourth and ones. Of course not. I mean, he's also not getting any passing down work, man. They say they, and this is the headline that uh, I want to read to you. They say that they want to get him more involved in the passing game. They want to get him more tar- tar- Now, that would tar- be nice. So that's what John Gruden says. We've heard that more than once about a running back. That's true. Um, I mean, Sony Michelle was supposed to have a game, a role in the passing game. Man, Sony Michelle, that fucking guy. Uh, the, I mean, against the Colts is the way to do it, I will say. Uh, you want to move on, Michael, to the surprises? Let's get into our segments, brother. Let's get into our segments. Uh, our first segment, actually, is I Saw That Coming. It's not even a surprise. I saw that coming from a mile So, <laughs> let's get into it. The Saw That Coming segment is where we tell you, hey, we saw this coming. I'll start because you have the next one. Greg Olson, um, guys, if you are... In need of a tight end, and your tight end is playing Arizona, start that tight end. Holy moly. Uh, six for 75 and two for Greg Olson. Arizona continues to get absolutely manhandled by the tight end. Next week, Will Disley uh, travels there. Ooh. I just picked him up as an insurance policy for Mark Andrews, and I'm happy I did because I might have to start two tight ends next week, Yo. Mark Andrews and Will Disley. Yeah, I don't see how you don't start Will Disley, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to start both of them, honestly. With now, Barkley and Saquon Hilton. Out. Yeah. Sultan's probably going to miss at least one game. Yeah, I mean, ugh, man, my team's in shambles all of a sudden. Um, look, I didn't like the wide receiver options, and Michael's about to tell you that he did, but I knew McCaffrey, McCaffrey was going to have a big game, and I knew Olsen was going to have a big game. And sometimes it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. The way that we like to rank our players is based quarterback-based. That's basically how we look at it, offense-based, right? We like roles over talent sometimes. Roles plus talent equals elite. Role over talent if you're looking at just who you would rather have. Uh, court who has the better quarterback. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's who plays the best def- the defense that'll give up some stuff. So, Greg Olson is my. We saw that coming, Michael. Who you got? I'll just start with the Panthers since you're on the Panthers, and mine was the Panthers are absolutely fine without Cam Newton. I was saying on the pod last week that Cam Newton to Kyle Allen is hardly a downgrade. You were calling me nuts. I was saying, look, if Cam Newton is not going to be running, he is not a very good passer. So switching to Kyle Allen is not going to make much of a difference in that offense. And yes, they played Arizona. Yes, they ran a ton of plays because Arizona runs a ton of plays. But Kyle Allen absolutely dominated. Awesome for Kyle Allen. I mean, this dude threw four touchdowns, 260 yards. He threw a 50-yarder to DJ Mora, a nice pass across the middle. Curtis Samuel, super involved, five receptions, touchdown, 50 yards. Greg Olson put in work. I mean, we were saying how Arizona gets exploited by the tight ends. Kyle Allen took complete advantage of that, 675-2, and two, like you said, for Greg Olson. Christian McCaffrey was running all over the place, catching passes. The whole offense looked even better than they did with Cam Newton in the first two games. So as long as Cam Newton is out, I'm not downgrading any uh, pass catchers or tight ends or running backs on that team look you and jason both were trying to convince me that kyle allen was not going to be a step down from cam newton and i thought you were crazy you were right 
All right, I admit it. I was wrong. Um, you know, usually the backup quarterback is worse than the regular quarterback, but Cam Newton has been playing really bad. Yeah. And Kyle Allen looked like a very adept passer. Yeah. Like he looked like solid. Yeah, he looked like a he knew what the the F he was doing. And not for nothing, when you're playing Arizona, I mean, I could have played quarterback against Arizona. That secondary is horrible, especially with Patrick Peterson. You can't throw past like 18 yards. Patrick Peterson is missing his last game next week. So keep that in mind for fantasy. I know we talk about offensive players a lot, but that's probably going to be a major upgrade for that Arizona secondary. Yeah. Um, let's go to my – I saw that coming. Now, we, I didn't see it coming like this. Don't get me wrong. But Mike Evans, 190 yards, eight receptions, three touchdowns. Look, we told you – not to panic about Mike Evans. We told you he'll be just fine. And he'll really be just fine against a giant secondary. Dude, he made Janoris Jenkins look like a little tiny baby. He absolutely demolished Janoris Jenkins. The Giants, for some reason, continue to leave him on one-on-one coverage. And I tweeted about this. Daniel Jones looks like a hero. But people will not rem- will not remember that Jameis Winston was almost the hero that game. Jameis Winston played great. He played out of his mind. I mean, I had him as my QB 10, I believe, last week against the Giants. Start your court QBs against the Giants, too. Yeah, start your QBs against the Giants. That secondary is god-awful, and they can get no pass rush whatsoever. So Mike Evans definitely exploits a bad secondary like he told you he would. Although Chris Godwin, who I thought would be involved more, he it just kind of all went to Mike Evans instead of being spread out between the two of them. Yeah, I've been a big Mike Evans over Chris Godwin guy. Like this season, Chris Godwin's ADP was a little steep for me, and I liked Mike Evans' ADP. And after the first two weeks, all the Chris Godwin truthers were out in full effect. Uh, prior to the season, someone tweeted, like, what's a bold prediction? And someone said Godwin is going to end better than Mike Evans. And I responded to him, like, let's be real here. Like, just uh, like jokingly around. And he responded after week two, saying, how's it looking now? And I was like, it's week two, bro. Relax. And now Mike Evans has more fancy points than Chris Godwin already. Are you going to be Are you gonna be petty and res- respond to him? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Evans went off. We, I mean, I knew this was coming. We, Me, you, and Jason all knew this was coming at some point, and there was no better smash spot than the Giants. So, yeah, that was... It was great for Mike Evans' owners. I mean, you could you could never predict 190 and three touchdowns. Yeah, but just a big game in general. Right. We saw a big that. game coming. Yeah. And look, continue to start your wide receivers against the Giants because they will continue to get yep. lit up through the air. And they have a rookie quarterback, and I know he looks like the savior of the universe. I know that he looks like it. But rookie quarterbacks make mistakes. He's going to make mistakes. He's, he's going to turn the ball, ball over. Ball security he's having some trouble with, so that's something to keep an eye on as he's well. He's going to fumble. He's going to turn the ball over. So that's going to mean more opportunities for the offenses on the other side. So keep that in mind. Michael, who's your <laughs> I saw that coming part two? I had to do it, Tim. I had to do it for the real the real ones out there. Sony Michelle. Man. Just going to keep banging the drum until people realize. Sell, yo, if you have Sony Michelle, you should have sold him high. Like, immediately after you drafted him. Like, I wrote an article about how Sony Michelle should have been a 7th, 8th round flex player. And that's exactly how he's playing, if not worse than that. I mean, there was no James White last week. And he only got one target, which was th- basically a throwaway by Tom Brady. It wasn't even actually, like, a real target. He had nine rushes for 11 yards and a touchdown. Like, again, he just got absolutely handed a touchdown. And that was the only thing that saved him from being an absolute travesty. Not only did he get outsnapped by Rex Burkhead, he got outsnapped by Brandon Bolden. He got outsnapped by Brandon, by Bolden. Brandon 
Bolden. Dude, Rex Burkett, 11 carries for 47 yards. More carries than Sonny Michelle. Way more reliable. Seven targets, six receptions, 22 yards. If you, Sonny Michelle's looking like a mess. If if he wasn't on the Patriots, we would be talking about if Sony Michelle is worth rostering, honestly. Look, there is one way to look at this the other way, though. Patriots had this game in hand very, very quickly. They were, placing, they were playing a Jets team that literally had no chance to win this game. Banged up, third-string quarterback against the best defense in the league so far. That's how the first three weeks went. That's, that's going to be the excuse every single week. Look, I, I mean, there is a chance that they were just saving him. And they just didn't want him to get hurt. They, he had all the carries in the, in the beginning. He did have the touchdown in the beginning. There is something to be said about that. But if I'm a Michelle owner, I'm panicking. And I am Absolutely. a Michelle owner. Yeah. I kept him in one of our keeper leagues in a, for a third-round pick. I told you you were dumb. I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm panicking right now. I'm not going to lie. Michael, do you have anybody else? No, that was my we saw that coming. All right, let's get into the... Surprise, motherfucker. Something that we that's definitely... The, that's the best one. <laughs> Actually, I'm not... I don't know if it is. The next two are great, too. You you got... You you did good, kid. You yeah, did good. I'm trying. I'm trying. With these transitions. <laughs> so, uh, we have... Where was I? Now, you you gave me all surprise, this... Surprise, surprise. You gave me surprise, all these compliments. I don't know how to handle when Michael compliments me. It just happened so... so. I mean, you said I was right earlier today. I don't remember the last time that happened. What's happening right now? What's uh, happening? It's uh, strange. It's weird. <laughs> all right. Surprise, surprise. Michael, why don't you start us off? Uh, I'll start it off because this is someone we already talked about, so it's going to be a very quick segment. Daniel Jones. Uh, we already discussed everything about Daniel Jones, so yeah. All right, so I'm gonna go to I, my surprise, surprise, Devonte Adams, man. We we love Devonte Adams as the number one receiver this this year, and it's very clear why. Last year he had one game where he didn't score 12 fantasy points or higher in half PPR half point PPR uh, games. This year he's only done that one time. He's touchdownless. Last week four targets, four receptions for 56 yards. That comes off the heels of a 7 for 106 where you're like, oh, man, he's against Minnesota, 7 for 106. All right, so that first week was a fluke against Chicago. That's a good defense. And then he completely shits the bed in Denver. He did get the Chris Harris treatment. I mean, very but yes, but you this expect. This is definitely disappointing for Devontae Adams owners. Like, what's going on here? And you have to think it has to do something with Matt LaFleur in the new system because, look, Aaron Rodgers looks frustrated, too. The Packers are becoming the new Seahawks, not in that they're running the ball 24-7, in that the Seahawks of last season, the Seahawks of last season, their defense carried the squad, really, and Russell Wilson when he needed to, because they just, every time they won, they seemed to win by like two or three points because they were just running the ball, hoping their defense would keep them in the game. Now the Packers have this great defense to start the season. They've been awesome. Jair Alexander and company look great. And now they're just relying on their defense, and their offense is just this slow, like, just slowly move the ball downfield, don't take shots, hand off the ball to Jamal fucking Williams. Jamal Williams outsnapped and outcarried Aaron Jones last week. Yeah, Aaron Jones was saved by two touchdowns. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, Aaron Jones' owners should be a little worried about that. I mean, I know they were splitting work to begin with, but to get outsnapped and out rushed by Jamal Williams is weird but at least he did get the goal line work and salvage his days salvage his day with two TDs it's just a very strange offense going on in uh Green Bay right now it's i think it's only a matter of time until Aaron Rodgers kind of takes the reins and they need a game where their defense gets lit up so that Aaron Rodgers can be like all right let's do this yo the smith brothers that they got from baltimore they combined for five sacks last game 
It's a good defense, man. It's a good D. It's a really good defense. So it's, it's, this is going to be a different Green Bay team than we than we know. But don't panic yet. If you're a Devonte Adams owner, are you trying to package him? Maybe sell high. I feel like you'd be selling low. Really, you think you'd be selling low? If you sell him now, I don't see how you're really going to get a big return. People are going to try to undersell you. People are going to be like, hey, I'll give you Sony Michelle and uh, Terry McLaurin or something like that. And obviously, you don't take that deal. Right, right, right. So, I mean, unless you get a, if you could get a stud back, then sure. But I, I don't see that happening. What if you could like trade, uh, what do they call it? And the fantasy footballers call it trade laterally. So like, like uh, for Mike Evans type thing, like Mike Evans or like, so like or DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, who's also I, been who's also been disappointing for two straight games now. I call those sideways trades. When people ask us about trades like that on Twitter, I'm like, I don't really see the point in it because it's a sideways trade. You're just kind of betting on two players who are more than likely going to end right next to each other. So I guess you could take the one you like better, but I don't like making those trades just because if I'm making a trade, I want to improve my team. So making a, a sideways trade like that doesn't really make much sense. Michael, who's next? Dante Pettis. Ooh, sexy. Guys, I think I'm going to put some waiver claims in on Dante Pettis. Really? I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready to give it up. Michael. I did hold him in a couple leagues. I dropped him in a couple other leagues where I needed to add players. Are and you feeling okay? Listen, you know I like Dante Pettis a lot. I drafted Dante Pettis in leagues. That last drive, that touchdown, that might mean something here. It was a, It was. He was being double-covered. Jimmy G threw it into him, and he returned to the ball and caught it for the touchdown. He got five targets. He had four receptions. He played a lot of snaps again. I mean, obviously, he was in the Kyle Shanahan doghouse, but if he could play himself out of it and he could return to what we thought he was going to be, then you could get a, a nice wide receiver three for cheap. I mean, I'm not saying there's no promises here, but he's very interesting again. Interesting. It is a surprise. He, yeah. scored, he scored the touchdown. I mean, if he sucks again next week, then I'll be disappointed. But he he had a larger role again this week, so maybe the injury was had a lot more to do with it than it seemed to start. Now he's on bye this week. He is. So you can probably get him for free. Yeah. So that's a lot of people don't like picking up bye week players because you obviously need to pick up players to play to fill in your bye weeks. Right. So yeah, that's a that's also a good point. A good strategy there. Pick up players who are going on by. If you can, if, if you, you have it. the space, right? If you have because the space. that's when you get them for five dollars instead of twenty. Me, I might not have the space because I'm going to have T. Y. Hilton and Saquon Barkley sitting on my bench. <laughs> um, let, let's go. Boo hoo uh, for you. Let's move on. My did not see that coming. Sterling Shepard, man, Sterling Shepard. Your surprise, surprise. My surprise, surprise. Oh, I also did not see it coming. Sterling Shepard really, really came out of nowhere and, and really blew it up. Now, he had seven targets and six receptions, but only for 42 yards. Um, that is a six yards per target, and that's basically where he's been through through the last couple years with Eli Manning. All of a sudden, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones comes in, and bam, his tar- yards per target zooms up to 11 yards per target. We're talking about... Seven receptions on nine targets for 100 yards and a touchdown. Not only that, two rushes for 21 yards. Yep. This is a guy who really had a great game, and you it makes you it makes you optimistic about the future, and it really makes you optimistic if you're a Golden Tate owner. I think. It, I mean, I I prefer Sterling Shepard to Golden uh, Tate. Yeah, really. I've been a Sterling Shepard to Golden Tate guy basically all year. We actually had this discussion Sunday or last week when Jason was here, I believe, when you guys were, said Golden Tate. 
is the best player, best receiver on that team. And I was like, what about Sterling Shepard? I've always been a Sterling Shepard guy. And he played pretty damn well this week with Daniel Jones. Really if that did. rapport continues, you got a super solid wide receiver three on your squad, which is what you did draft when you drafted him. That's what you were hoping for. I mean, he was a ninth, tenth round pick with Eli Manning. Obviously, that wasn't working out great, and then he missed a game with a concussion. But if Daniel Jones is the real deal, then Sterling Shepard becomes a lot more tasty. Tasty. Tasty, tasty. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> um All right, Michael, do you have anybody else in this category? I do not. All right, let's go on to the stock rising category. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Grand slam home run, says Leo DiCaprio. Uh, that's what I'm saying, too. This is our stock rising segment. Guys that we know, well, we think, that could have a bright future ahead. Guys that we think are rising up the board. I'm going to start first. I'm going to start with Philip Dorsett. Um, I went, I had Philip Dorsett on the waiver wave this week. By the way, check that out, at Brodo Wrap Up, which, a little peek behind the curtain, when Instagram lets us in about eight days, Brodo Wrap Up will be changing to Brodo Fantasy. So check that out at Broto Wrap Up for now, at Broto Fantasy in about a week from now. Um, look, Philip Dorsett without Antonio Brown in the game has averaged six, uh, six receptions. I'm sorry, six targets um, per week. He's getting the long targets. Here's why I really like Philip Dorsett. Julian Edelman, out. Antonio Brown, out. Offensive linemen are dropping like flies in New England. And one of the more underrated things that we haven't even mentioned yet, we talked about Sony Michelle, and I'm disappointing myself for not mentioning this. Pat Devlin went on IR today. I uh, yeah, I tweeted about that. It's pretty impactful for Sony Michelle, especially. They J- James Devlin has been a mainstay in that backfield for like seven years now. He he even gets the one yard handoff sometimes. Maybe some more Tom Brady QB sneaks are coming for Tom Brady owners. But yeah, he's. Probably the best fullback in the game behind Kyle Juszczyk. Fullbacks aren't used often, but the Patriots, you know they like him if they're using him. And he plays more snaps per game than Sony Michel. Like, he's an, on the field often. They're an old-school style run. Running situation. So they use a fullback. And look, what does that have to do with Philip Dorsett? They're going to pass more. And they're running out of receivers. They're, Julian AB's gone. Julian Edelman might miss time with a chest injury. Philip Dorsett is going to have his opportunity. He's had his opportunity already. Guys in New England don't stick around unless the coaching staff sees more in them, right? If New England doesn't like you, they'll get rid of you. No problem. They don't. They have no feelings whatsoever. Yep. Like they they cut Ty Law. Like if if they if you, if you cut Ty Law, you can cut anybody. So I think Philip Dorsett has some some future value here, and I think his stock is rising. So give me Philip Dorsett, man. Yeah, we had him on our waiver rankings last week. He'll be on there again this week. Me and Jason got him in a couple leagues last week. So I agree with you on Philip Dorsett, and he showed it by scoring a touchdown last week. It was nice. Michael, who's your stock rising number one? This one, it's Alvin Kamara. Because once Teddy Bridgewater stepped up last week, Alvin Kamara did not have a good game. He was not super involved in the passing game. He was bad rushing, and he seemed like he was going to be a low-end RB1. And then the Saints stood up and said, we're not fucking around. Yep. We're not going to wait for Drew Brees to come back and go 500. We need to win games. 
And it looks like Alvin Kamara's getting the 2018 weeks one to four treatment again, where they're just going to give him the ball as much as they can because he's the best player on the field and they want to win games. Like, 16 rushes, 69 yards and a touchdown, nine receptions, 92 yards and a touchdown. That's that 30 screen, that 30 yard screen play was ridiculous. That dude just does not go down. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. He's slippery, man. Latavius Murray, two rushes, two yards. No targets. We no told receptions. we told you so on that one. Yeah. If, you, if you're a Latavius Murray owner, that sucks. For I you. tweeted about that and said we're taking a victory lap because I'm 90 percent sure that this victory lap will remain true. And now Alvin Kamara, even though Drew Brees is gone, it looks like he is going to be the the workhorse he was in weeks one to four last year without Mark Ingram, and that is great for Alvin Kamara owners. No one, no one really saw this ginormous week coming from him, and Alvin Kamara owners have to be ecstatic about it. I mean, I would be ecstatic. The 9 for 92, I think, is what stands out. Yeah, that's great. Teddy Bridgewater didn't attempt to pass over 10 yards. Who's going to benefit from that? Alvin Kamara's going to benefit yeah. from that. Um, the rest of the guys around him are not. You saw that. You saw a, a Ben Watson donut. I'm uh, not a Ben Watson donut. I always get Jared Cook and Ben Watson confused for some reason. You saw a Jared Cook donut. You saw a, uh, what's his name, Ted Ginn donut. You saw we said Ginn and Trey Quinn Smith were going to be unusable. Trey Quinn Smith donut, yeah. right? So it's going to be Michael Thomas, and when it's not Michael Thomas, it's going to be Alvin Kamara, yeah. and that's what they're going to do. And if you're a Michael Thomas owner, I, I'm I'm pretty excited about what I saw last week too. Yeah, Michael Thomas. I mean, he didn't have the big yardage total, but got in the end zone. Got in the end zone. Uh, still, I'm I'm excited about it. My stock rising is a guy that I watched go ape shit, and it's very clear. Who, who, his quarterback loves. That's Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, the number one receiver, the number two receiver on the week, the number one receiver right now in fantasy football. His stock is rising. And, you know, our brother Johnny, he said, you know, he's always been a Keenan Allen guy ever since the beginning. He drafted Keenan Allen. I feel bad for him because he drafted Keenan Allen all those years where he was like, he was injured every year. But last week, he absolutely went completely nuts. Um, and he just kept getting peppered with target after target after target after target. So far this year in three games, he has 42 targets, 29 receptions, 404 yards, and three touchdowns. And he's never been a touchdown guy. So his, his career high in touchdowns is eight in 2013. The more recent, six the last two years. He already has three this year. So if he could add touchdowns to his arsenal... Can you? Would you be super shocked if Keenan Allen ends as the number one wide receiver in fantasy? I'd be a little shocked if he ends as the number one wide receiver. This dude's on pace for like over two thousand yards and like sixteen touchdowns right now. It's pretty nuts. But I mean, yeah, like we said, he's usually a slow starter, but Chargers are just feeding him the ball nonstop. I mean, Mike Williams is banged up. Hunter Henry's down. He's been the whole entire offense basically. Him and Austin Eckler. So, can it keep up? Yeah. I think he'd be a top five receiver the rest of the way. The dude's feasting on ev- everybody trying to guard him. It's he also had pretty th- nuts. He also had three rushes, sixteen touches last last week for one eighty three and two receiving touchdowns. It's very nice. It's nuts, honestly. <clears throat> it's it's crazy. He's one touchdown away from being Mike Evans. Yeah. We're over here talking about Mike Evans that way. Man, I I really love Keenan Allen this this year, and uh, I think it's going to continue. His stock is rising for me. Yeah, Michael, his his ADP didn't make any sense. We, that's, that's another what we thing were I was going to mention. In the in the uh, in the preseason, right? We got him in all of our mock drafts. He was going to the third round in some drafts. Hey, 
That's I, why we said if you got the first four picks or so and you can get come on one of the big four running backs and getting Keenan Allen in the two three turn is glorious. And whoever did that is looking mighty fine right now. I got Keenan Allen in the third round. Yeah, in our draft, I got him in the third round. I I, I got Saquon and then I got Carry On Johnson. That's why I wanted an early pick so bad. I had the eleventh pick. I was like, I'm not getting Keenan Allen in the third round. Yeah, I did. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, Michael, who's your next guy? Deontay Johnson. Ooh, yeah. You know, this uh, not not to cut you off, but the Steelers said they were going to make this a different wide receiver core. Dante Moncrief, healthy scratch. And everyone assumed it was James Washington, and then you got Deontay Johnson over here catching touchdowns. Yeah, I Deontay Johnson was my preferred add over James Washington. I added Deontay Johnson in a couple leagues. He has nine of Mason Rudolph's targets so far this season, only behind Juju, who has 12. Uh, three more than uh, Vance McDonald, but Vance got hurt in uh, week three, so that's limited. And James Washington only has five, and then you got, like, the other, like, Jalen Samuels and them with sprinkled in here and there. And Deontay Johnson had six targets last game, three receptions, 52 yards, had the long touchdown. Mason Rudolph only threw past five yards, I think, two or three times the entire game. Like, he was throwing at the line of scrimmage, or was it 10 yards? At the line of scrimmage, basically, the entire game. He looked bad. The two times he threw it, like, 10 or more yards downfield was the 80-yard touchdown to Juju and the 50-yard touchdown to Deontay Johnson. So I think they're going to open up the playbook a little more for Mason Rudolph going forward. They get Cincinnati next week, man. And we all know Cincinnati is pure trash with their uh, their defense. So, I mean, Deontay Johnson's a very sneaky play next week, especially if, uh, especially if you're dealing with some buys with guys like, uh, I was going to say, who's on buy besides 49ers? I was going to say, if, well, yeah, Jets wide receivers suck too. So yeah. maybe you don't have to deal with buys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Deontay Johnson's very interesting. Speaking of a guy that I was already talking about, I think Carryon Johnson's stock is rising, and I I know what you're thinking. Interesting, but he, Tim, that was a strange tweet he had today. What he? I don't know tweet? if you saw it. Someone tweeted about how he the stack the box was stacked against him like sixty percent of the time, eight or more last week, and that was uh <clears throat> that was the most in the league. And he like quote tweeted it saying, "What did I do to deserve this or something?" He's just a funny guy. I thought it was a strange tweet. He's a funny like, guy. How he's about a... you just uh, go gain yards despite the men in the box he's a, and then talk shit? Do you follow like, him on Twitter a lot? Not really. He's, he's a just... funny guy. He likes to be funny. He likes to be sarcastic. It was it was a, it was a pretty strange tweet. He, but if you're looking at it in a sarcastic way, it's not. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Look, 20 carries for 36 yards is not what you're going to say is a stock rising player. Oh, Here's, Deontay Johnson also wanted to say he played 80% of the snap, so I forgot to throw that out there. That's a big one. Um, 77% of the snaps went to went to Johnson. He got all of the goal line carries. He, You know the Lions had no goal line carries the first two games at all? Carryon Johnson has all five of their goal line carries this year. It was clear that they were not going to tie Johnson at all. He only got four carries behind him so look he's going into a matchup against kansas city next next week where you can run on kansas city that the you saw that with the ravens the ravens ran on kansas city so i like carry on johnson uh going forward i think his stock is rising i think that even though his production has not been there to the point where he's breaking off five yards of carry like he did last year i think the lines still believe in him and i think they're showing more and more every week that they believe in him and it's only a matter of time till he's the workhorse in this backfield yeah, I mean, I don't know about the stock rising thing, but he has he has been very uh, 
inconsistent with his runs. He's been underwhelming, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns it around. He's a he's a solid athlete. My last stock rising, Tim. I never thought I'd say this. It's Amari Cooper. Man, <sighs> Kellen Moore has that offense absolutely dominating. Yeah, man. This dude, and the most impressive thing about Kellen Moore, not that the offense has been so ridiculously great, it's that you go into halftime and you have to make adjustments. Three games so far they've played this year. Dak Prescott has not thrown a single incompletion in the third quarter. He literally has over 20 completions in the third quarter with multiple touchdowns. And he kind of played shitty in the first half. Yeah, and then the second half they went off. Man, he missed Devin Smith on a fucking touchdown. Devin Smith led the team in routes run. Very interesting. And he had five targets. But yeah, and now Callan Moore has that team absolutely torching defenses, opposing defenses. Amari Cooper, guys, he might actually be consistent. Amari Nooper! It's the new Amari, man! Just accept it! He might actually be consistent now. It's been against the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins. Literally the best three defenses you could possibly play. That is true. He gets New Orleans, even though Marshall Lattimore has been trash to start the season. Yes. And then Green Bay's the biggest test. But then he gets the Jets, the Eagles, bye week, Giants again, and then Vikings and Detroit. So, I mean, and then you get a little more tough with New England, Buffalo, and Chicago. Those are the three toughest. Oh, that's right, but tough. he has a easy schedule, dude. So, I mean, Amari Cooper is my stock rising. He's someone I'd be targeting in trades right now. Seems like his inconsistent ways are being overtaken by the Kellen Moore offense effect. Man, the worst trade I've made so far this year was early in the year before the the season started. With Jason. With Jason. I traded Austin Eckler and Amari Cooper for Jameson Crowder and Carrion Johnson. And I was excited about it at the time. I'm not excited about it anymore. Um, I, I told Jason. Jason texted me. I was like, yes. This, my stocks were not going up on that one. In fact, they're going down. Let's talk more about stock downs. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame us. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Deteriorating markets is our the name of our game, and my stock falling to start is Malcolm Brown. Listen, for all those people who blew fab on Malcolm Brown in week one, it must suck right now because Malcolm Brown, three touches and no targets, despite the fact that he outsnapped Todd Gurley yesterday. That's yeah, Grody. Yo, Todd Gurley looked slow. Todd Gurley does not look good, but he did not look good yesterday. Yeah. But it's clear that they want to get Gurley the ball. You can't trust him. If he's out snapping Todd Gurley in one possession games, if you can't trust him, then when can you? You can't ever trust him. It's going to be a crapshoot every single time with this guy. This Rams offense is not the same as last year, man. They're struggling. Although Cooper Cup looks really good. Yeah, Cooper Cup looks like the 1A there nowadays. They're winning games, so it's kind of hiding the fact that they're struggling on offense. They're not the 32-point-a-game juggernaut that they were last year. A lot of that's due with Todd Gurley not being the same guy. And Jared Goff. Fucking play better, dude. Jeez, <laughs> it's OD annoying. I saw someone on Twitter today. I hate when I don't. I hate when I don't save tweets because I like shouting out the people's names. So sorry for this guy that I don't remember tweeted it. But since that Chiefs game where they both went off the the shootout, he has eleven touchdowns and eleven interceptions in like I think it's twelve games or eleven games. Like yo, you gotta play better, dude. 
he he really got his ass handed to him in that Bears game, and he hasn't been he hasn't been the same since. Uh. Um, let's go on to yours, Michael. Who's your gonna number one guy? My first is a mix of two quarterbacks, two quarterbacks who were drafted very high, and are absolutely abysmal to this moment. At this moment, is Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield. Word, bro. Both of them do not have a single game over sixteen fantasy points. Daniel Jones. I think has either equal or more fantasy points than both of them already in one game. I mean, they're both their offenses look super bad. Yo, Baker Mayfield, I'm I'm a huge Baker Mayfield guy, as you all know. This dude just looked terrible. Really I know good. the offensive line is bad, but it ever it seems like every time he gets pressure, he stays in the pocket and tries making a play and gets sacked. Every time he's not pressured, he panics and rolls out. How many times yesterday? Did he have a clean pocket and just roll out to the right for no reason? I think it's called happy feet, bro. Like, when your offensive line sucks, it, you get that, especially when you're a young quarterback and you can move. You get those happy feet. He, but him and Rodgers have both been just dreadful options so far. And I just want to point out because everyone everyone in, in their mother who likes to draft quarterbacks early in fantasy because, you know, it's become the consensus now to draft quarterbacks late. That's kind of become the the thing. We've been we've been preaching this for years. Actually, Michael and Jason are the ones that convinced me a few years ago because uh, I was always a, qu- a quarterback kind of early guy. I would always spend my fifth, sixth round pick on him. And everyone's like, oh, but look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, look at Baker Mayfield. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Right? These It's a crapshoot with these guys. And you can't, you can't afford to spend the sixth-round pick or a, th- a fourth-round pick in Aaron Rodgers' Fifth round pick, some somewhere that around there. If he's not going to be a stud, at the if position. he's not going to be a stud at the position, so I mean, it. I, I know Baker Mayfield is probably right now on a lot of teams that are losing. He's going to be dropped in a lot of leagues this week, and deservedly so. Look, I'm not ha- I'm not proud of this, but I was drafting in one of our Brodo leagues, and it was our, my third draft of the day, and it was very late, and I had work the next day, and I had woken up early, and I, I kind of nodded off. During the draft. And while I nodded off, Baker Mayfield was auto-drafted for me in the sixth round. I went crazy in the chat about how disappointed I was about it. Um, but everyone was like, oh, don't worry. At least it's Baker. Dude, it sucks. Yeah, I'm going to drop him this week. I don't blame you. For those tingles who are trying to get him from me, you can have him for free. Because I have, I also have Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady. I'm rostering three quarterbacks right now. When we're going into the bye week, and I can't do that anymore. And nobody's trying to trade for them because they listen to our podcast. It's it's insane. <laughs> I I have a I tried to trade Tom Brady to a guy that has Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback, and he said no. Shout out to Nick though; he's the man. Um, all right, so <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to my second one. My second guy is Zeke. Look, I'm not saying that you should go and trade Zeke. I'm also not tra- saying that Zeke is a bad player. But against the Dolphins, you expect Zeke to have a monster game to the point where he's the number one running back overall. And Tony Pollard, 13 carries, and it wasn't just at the end of the game. It was mostly at the end of the game. It, it was wasn't like 80% just, at the end of the game. It wasn't just at the end of the game. And you know what? Even if it wasn't at the end of the game, that's the type of carries that matter in fantasy. And... Look, that's what I was, that's what I was gonna say. It's the the new uh cowboy, the new and improved Cowboys. If they continue to have this type of offense where they get big leads, they're gonna rest Zeke. Yes, and it sucks because yeah. you know why else? 
They just gave him nine, $90 million over five years. Yeah, they're not trying to burn him out already. Right. All of a sudden, their brand new toy, they want to protect him. They, he's worth some money now. So, yeah, it was great that he got the extension, but he's not like Alvin Kamara, where Alvin Kamara is like, all right, you're making less than a million dollars this year, Alvin. Go out there and carry the ball 9,000 times while Teddy Bridgewater can't throw. It's not like that. It's a completely different situation. And I think that Zeke is, listen, is he still, he's still clearly an RB1. Yeah. But is he going to end up as that RB1 overall that you drafted him to be? Again, they've played very bad teams to start the season, so we'll see how it goes. But I understand your reasoning here. So his stock is a little down for me. It's not. It's still like Apple or Amazon. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a blue chip stock. It's just you know maybe now's the time to buy. Uh, Michael, who's your next guy? This one hurts me deep into my soul. <laughs> it's Robert Woods. Yeah, man, man. Cooper Cup's looking like the one A, and then Woods and Cooks are kind of. Seem to just be mixing in there. It's really golf. It's golf's fault. And now, yeah, he was targeted eight times yesterday. He three was. catches. And I saw. Obviously, I'm a big Woods guy. I saw some of the targets that should have been completions and just missed it by a hair. And he did get the two rushes for 18 yards. He is one. Of, he's is the main guy who gets the rushes when they do the jet sweeps on that team. Which is why I was so hyped. Brandon Cooks had that eight yard run, and it wasn't Robert Woods because it's usually Robert Woods. But, I mean, Robert Woods is not producing like we expected him to produce. If the uh, if the Rams' offense isn't going to be this powerhouse juggernaut that they were last season, there's going to be less of a chance to sustain three wide receivers every week. And that's been showing the first uh, three games. And it's just it's rough because now Robert Woods, Robert Woods looks like he's falling into wide receiver three territory, which is not where – which is not – what you wanted when you drafted him. So right now his stock is down. I'm hopeful that he could uh, pick it up because he d- he just seems to be a little off with Jared Goff right now. I don't know what's going on with between them. But I'm hopeful, but it's definitely not a good start to the year for him. My stock down is Peyton Barber. Now, if you are starting Peyton Barber, you're probably not. You don't have a good fantasy team. Um, but at the unless same time. Unless it's a deep league or something. Unless it's a deep league. At the same time, you thought that he could possibly be like a 10 point floor because he was going to get such uh he was going to get the carries i think that what we're seeing right now from bruce arians in this offense is very very clear what we are seeing right now is he's going to give three carries to each guy to start the game whoever has a better game whoever's starting best he's going to continue to ride the hot hand and i think that's what you saw the last game with ronald jones against the giants I think that you saw the game before that when Peyton Barber took back over the backfield. I think that's what you saw the game before that. So it's I, I it's a hard backfield back there, and I really don't want a piece of any of that. I don't blame you. It's it's tough. It's a tough cookie, Tim. It's a tough one. You don't even really like cookies that much. Uh, I like cookies that aren't chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the worst type of cookies. Actually, sugar cookies... You know, Snickerdoodle cookies are OD underrated. You have, you have a Snickerdoodle cookie recently? Love Snickerdoodles. Great. Anyone who hasn't had a Snickerdoodle cookie It's like cookie cinnamon recently. and sugar. Great stuff. Cinnamon and sugar, fire combination. I mean, cinnamon Toast Crunch is like the best cereal. Facts. Cinnamon and sugar in every bite. CTC. CTC. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> uh, my last stock falling. Another one that hurts me in my core mainly for Jason. I have to feel the pain because we're twins, you know? Yeah, you guys got the ESP. Uh, ESPN or something. George <laughs> Kittle. 
Man, yet what? to score 10 fantasy points. I think there's a, a result of the offense more than it is. He's getting the targets. First week he had 10. Second week he had 3. This week he had 8. So, I mean, 21 targets to 3 games is not bad. but Especially for a 10-in. I was watching the game last week, man. First off, like I was saying, this team just is holding leads and running the ball nonstop. And obviously it's not helping for George Kittle. I don't think this is going to be a team where they have leads 24-7. Like, I'm surprised that they're 3-0 and at the moment. The better days are coming for George Kittle. But it's just the fact that he was lining up in the backfield and blocking way more than he should be, man. Like, I was watching the, the fourth quarter was basically on because all the other games were ended. It was just like that was the only game left. And so many plays in a row where George Kittle didn't even run a route. And finally he does, and he catches a pass for like eight yards. And then, no, not another route. And it just it's pretty frustrating if you spend a high-round pick on George Kittle that he's yet to reach 10 uh, fancy points, but I mean, he has been at least consistently average so far, and I do think better days are coming. But as of now, he's—if you knew this was coming, you would not have been spending a third-round pick on him. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, that's all for us on this goal round. Yeah, Michael, where could they find you? Mike on the Scorpatrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling Frisk. real. Real, mm. real. First game by ever. First game by ever. Really got into that one that time. Um, don't forget to check us out. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Don't forget to get the hub, which has been popping recently. BrotoFantasy.com or BrotoFF.com. Um, either one of those until our BrotoFF To the domain. same page. And um, until the BrotoFF runs out, then, <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to be only Broto Fantasy. Um, where else? Where else do they find us, Michael? Uh, you already said the Patreon, right? Yep. Uh, at Broto Fantasy on Twitter. At Facebook, we post things, but I mean, you can get that everywhere else too. At Broto Wrap Up on IG and at Broto NFL on IG for now, starting next week at Broto Fantasy on IG. So that's going to be exciting. Um, and yeah, follow our sponsors, give our sponsors a listen. Uh, Red Cup News. A look. Uh, a look, yeah. And Thrive Fantasy. Uh, check that out. So. Without any further ado, we will be back. Don't forget on Wednesday where we give you a preview of every single game, every single fantasy viable player. And, Tim, tomorrow for the patrons, they get a waiver wire podcast. Don't forget. Don't forget, patrons. You get we'll a waiver wire. We'll be back wire. tomorrow for you lovely individuals. And we'll also be talking about the Monday Night Football game, which just kicked off. So we're going to go check that out. See you later. Peace.